Hey everyone, welcome to She Brigade the Podcast. I'm your host, Bilun Lumsemech. On each episode, we bring you amazing trailblazing women to come share with you their life and career journeys, from entrepreneurs to nine to fivers and everyone in between. Our guests go through all of the highs and all the lows of this life journey that have brought them to being who they are today. Let's dive in. Okay. Hey I'm everyone, here. welcome to another episode of She Brigade. On today's show, I am super excited because we have Mokhau Sishwene, also known as Lazy Makoti. Um, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I've been meaning to reach out to you for the longest time, but I was literally so scared. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally scared to reach out to you. But if you don't know... Um, go to Willie's and you'll find a book. Well, not now, after Corona. <laughs> or order <Yeah>. online. <laughs> not just, now. Just for Lazy Makoti online. Like, because if you don't know her, I feel like mm, you've been living under a rock. But basically, <laughs> Mokhao went from a finance career in corporate to being an international award-winning cookbook author and businesswoman. Um, your story is very incredible and I'm going to have you share it. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you on here. So on the show, we like to start all the way from the beginning. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about where you come from, what your upbringing was like and how you were as a child. And yeah, just basically all of that. Um, so I'm originally from a township in Polokwani called Turf Loop. Um, I have one little sister and I grew up, you know, just me and my sister and my parents. Uh, my mom's a teacher. My dad is a pastor and yeah, I had very, um, a very sort of sheltered upbringing, I'd say. Um, and that's where I was in born and raised there, um, only came to Gauteng when I came to do my first year at the University of Pretoria. Oh, okay. So did you know what you wanted to be when you were in high school as a kid? I think in high school, um, because I, I had really great grades, um, you sort of get pushed or channeled into, you know, the science and the maths field. Um, that's mm. what smart girls study, I guess, is, is yeah. what I'm told. So, yeah, um, I don't think that um, I really knew what I wanted to do. Um, I just think, you know, teachers and everyone just sort of channels you into what they think makes sense for um, a smart, you know, student to study. Um, But looking back now, in hindsight, I can say, I can see that I already had a passion for, you know, creativity, for cooking. That I'm doing right now, isn't it so strange that I had to go all the way over there to finally get back here? Yeah, I actually wanted to ask, like, did you <laughs> did you actually cook a lot and, or do anything around what you're doing now when you were younger? I did, I did. So, like I said, my dad is a pastor of a church. Um, so you can imagine we constantly had visitors, unannounced visitors. Mm. Um, so to this day, if you go to my mom's house now, um, you'll walk away with a cake, with something that she baked that day. So we used to cook a lot, a lot. Um, and I think that's where my passion for cooking comes from, from the fact that we always cooked so much. Um, yeah. And it was just something that unfortunately wasn't encouraged as a career. 
but I've mm. always loved cooking. I've always been like this creative child. I've, I've always loved drawing. So I've always been really creative. Um, just didn't think to actually make a career of it. These things are sold to us as hobbies as opposed to actual careers. Mm, that's so true. Mm. So, so how was your varsity life like? Um, in varsity, so I went to the University of Pretoria. Uh, Me too, by the way. Really? <laughs> yes, I also went to Tuck, yes. <laughs> Oh, wow. What year? No, like Maloba. Like, this the other day. <laughs> okay. So, I was in from oh. 2012 to 2015, yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. I want to see if, like, we are from the same generation. Um, okay. Was the square <laughs> operational? The square closed down while I was in varsity. So, like, in my second or third third year, the square shut down. Omgert? Omgert was alive and kicking. Okay. Okay. No, okay. We're not quite <laughs> the same generation, but, yeah. <laughs> when I went to tax the square, it was very much operational. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I won't elaborate on that. Yeah, no, no, no. We, we can't go in. What happened at the square stays at the square. <laughs> yes, yes, it stays there. So, yeah, um, I was a good student. Um, I'd like to think I, I was a good student. Um, yeah, please ask more, more probing questions. <laughs> now my okay, head is at the square. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> so just okay, okay. Maybe let's let's talk a bit about um towards the end of your varsity career and mm-hmm. with you looking for a job. Mm-hmm. How was that journey like, and how was that process like from moving from um varsity life to the corporate world? Um, I think I got, I got a chance to enjoy um varsity life. Um, it was my first time, you know, being so far away from home, living on. Um. And yeah, I, I got a chance to live out my varsity life. So I, the transition to varsity, from varsity to work rather, I didn't find that hard. Only when I got to corporate, um, I really realized that I really don't enjoy what it is that I'm doing. Um, mm. And I think it's it's a feeling I had varsity already that this wasn't what I wanted to do. But, you know, you're too far gone you know, um, yeah, you're too far gone and this is, you know, quote unquote, the right thing to do. And yes, yeah. So then I went into corporate, I worked at KPMG um, and I found that that really wasn't me. I really wasn't happy. And that's sort of how then the business um, sort of the Lazy Makoti came into being. It was while I was working in corporate and a friend slash colleague asked that I give her cooking lessons. And she wanted to learn specifically how to make um, South African food. So she was looking for a cookbook, you know, cooking classes that do something around um, our own food. And then having not found anything, she asked me, because I was always that girl at the office who like brings cake, brings this, brings that. So everybody knew that Mm. I really loved cooking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always say, every time I give a talk, I always say that there are clues everywhere in your life to show you where you should go. 
because even while I was working in corporate, before I started the Lazy Maguti, I was that girl, man, who likes cooking. I was known as that girl. You know, man, that girl who's always like bringing cake. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so even there, there were all, all these clues about what I was actually supposed to be doing. So anyway, I give her these cooking classes and then she enjoys them and starts telling everyone about them recommends a cousin here a friend there and that became what I do on weekends I give these cooking classes and then I thought you know what I'm not even happy here and that's when I quit and I went to culinary school oh wow oh so you didn't you didn't quit to like start your business you quit and went back to school first why did you make that decision did the both actually but um it was really important to me to go to culinary school because i didn't want to wing it i knew that i Mm. i don't want to blindly you know start this thing and not know exactly where i'm going if um if I have the, the time and the means and the resources to go empower myself, I am going to use that opportunity. Um, I then went through this incubator called the Hookup Dinner. Ah, yes, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. so they ran this incubator and I got a chance to win um, 100,000 rands um, investment. That's the money I used to, it, to go to culinary school because it is quite pricey. Oh, wow. Mm. Shoot, that, that 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 probably helped you a lot. Hey? Yeah, and I, and I knew that I wanted real credibility. So if mm. if you want to learn how to cook, why would you come to me if you know I don't have some sort of qualification? What qualifies me to stand on a on a stage in front of people teaching them how to cook? Mm. 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 And and at this stage, did you know what kind of um, business you wanted to go into or were you just were you trying to become a chef or did you know you wanted to become a businesswoman and have your own business and teach I think that or did you even know you wanted to try the book <laughs> at this stage I think at that point I knew that um, this had to be a business so that that wasn't even a choice because I didn't want to go mm. back to work so I didn't want to go back to corporate I knew that much so now this has to generate money this can't be like for fun this mm. has to be the thing that's generating money. Um, the model has always been a working model. I, I think even now to this day, it's still a working model. Um, things can change. Things are going to change. The more I know about this industry, the more I discover, the more I see that there are gaps here and I can change this. There are opportunities to make money here and the opportunities to serve my customer better here. So it's, it's a constantly evolving model. But I knew mm. early on that my, my primary um, desire is, is to give cooking classes. I knew that I loved that. I loved sharing my knowledge um, I loved, you know, seeing some of the things they can't cook or finds cooking daunting, just seeing them blossom into this, this person that's like almost a chef. I really, really loved that. Mm, um, mm. So first it was on me to learn first before I can teach. And that's when I went to culinary school um, for 18 months and then qualified, graduated, then did um, my apprenticeship at the Saxon Hotel um, and then left to go do the Mandela Washington Fellowship and then came back and 
yeah ran with the with the lazy makoti idea now we give the cooking classes uh we do some online content we do lots of collaborations with brands uh we sell aprons uh we do um you know, everything that's that's within the realm of cooking we do yes yes so like like did you know or do you even know now how impactful you are for <laughs> um black <laughs> you're laughing exactly, you know for black women like across i wouldn't even say just south africa mm. because i think the way that you positioned yourself in this space for some for for a, for a young black woman like myself for example it for me it's kind of unheard of you know chefs are usually men yes um, yes there's lots of male chefs that i know of there's lots of people who are chefs who are who are cooking like fancy stuff mm. that i'm like mm. You know, I won't have that in my cupboard. Did you know the kind of impact that you were making beyond it just being a business? I think that while you're, oh, do you you're in something, you don't quite see it. I think I got to really um, like be made aware of it when the book came. I think the book was just like mm. incredible validation. Just like yeah. I, I can't even put into words like like tears are filling my eyes right now still just oh like gosh. talking about it because i'm remembering the process of getting this book published and you know every single publisher that this is not gonna work you know uh, black women don't buy cookbooks and what's the numbers to back it they have the data oh my god you know they're showing you why they're saying no they're saying no because black south africans don't buy cookbooks you know cookbooks don't do well with this market and this is why maybe you should rather change your your content to you know why don't you do an african's take on asian food or an african's take Yo. on french wah, 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 wah. and you know like it messes with your head when like you're in a room mm. with like all these people that know what they're talking about and they tell you you know we've been doing this for 20 odd years Learning, you start feeling like, uh, okay. Are they right? Are they right? I mean, they do have the numbers. They do have the stats, the data. Am I the one that's crazy? Um, but I'm so, so, so glad that I stuck to my guns. And I, I was looking the other day um, as I was cleaning my house. I saw like the first, first, first manuscript of the book. And just how close it is to the actual book that came out with 95% of mm. that same manuscript. And just, I myself don't know how or why I stuck to my guns that way. Like, just insisted, no, my book is going to be like this. Yes, there's going to be Mokhodu in the book. Yes, there's going to be Mokhodu words. Yes, there is a market for this. The reason they're not buying books is because those books are not made for them. So obviously, I'm not going to buy a book that is not made with me in mind. And so, mm. oh gosh, I want to cry. And and now you're on your seven three point hey, seven. Hey, all those publishers love oh me. Oh my gosh, congrats! <laughs> just, oh my gosh, congratulations! Oh, thank you. And like, I think it's just testament to um, why transformation is so important. You know, I'll I'll mm. never stop saying this. Transformation is so important. Transformation is beneficial for all of us, including the bottom line. All of those publishers that say, said no to me, had there been a black girl in that room, she would have said yes. She would have like oh, she would have been so able true. to say, 
oh my gosh they would have just like seen her reaction upon hearing the name the lazy magot they would have just mm. the reaction that i get every time kere the lazy magot i i can see that like this person gets it had in every single one of those rooms got to know had they been just one black girl i would have come out with a yes because she would have said oh my gosh i get it i need it get it this is why it works and this is why it's gonna yes. work because there were these people that you know, didn't get it they just didn't get it and mm. they just didn't get it and here we are so i think a lot of and the times um you see just how um just how much work still needs to be done especially in terms of transformation mm. um because any none of those people with their years of experience and their data and their whatever none of them could have predicted that this could have happened so mm. i think yeah transformation is good for the bottom line it it seriously it really is. yeah yeah mm. it really is Okay, so what are what are some of the highlights and the low lights, especially of your journey? Because we often talk about just the great mm-hmm. moments, but what are some of the hardships? See, I feel like you touched on some of them now with, with you trying to get your book out there. But what what are the other low lights and highlights that you've experienced in your journey? Um, so I think one of the greatest challenges was that trying to get um the book published. Um, that, yeah that was a mountain to climb um even the process mm. of you know getting the book done once now you've signed the deal, um you're going to publish your book now agreeing on i want to do my own um stuff because lo and behold most of the stylists in south africa the food stylists in south africa are not black so Sure. The food styling industry sits in Cape Town and none of those people are the people I'm trying to talk to. So I don't mm. want someone that's going to put edible flowers in my mkhodu. I wanted to say <laughs> like mkhodu. When you see it, you must recognize it and, and therefore want to yeah. try it. Like, so even that... Like this is the stuff I grew up on. Exactly. And... Yeah, if if I could just encourage anyone who is black who is looking to get into publishing, into any of that world, I really would encourage it. Um, you are the one we've been waiting for. You are sitting with our yeses because you're not in that room. So I really would encourage everyone. And if you think about what books represent, I think books are so important. Um, years from now, we want our children to know that we were here and that we were doing stuff mm. and books live on, they live on past generations and generations. So yeah, I just hope more people think about getting into that space, that world and transforming it, really, truly transforming it because they are black people who are writing, who are creating, uh, but they're getting into rooms where they're still getting no's. Mm. Yeah. But that's the story for mm. another day. <laughs> I even forgot the question. <laughs> oh, well, you were the talking lows. about your oh. low lights. Um, yes. I think the other lows are um, just in the beginning, I guess, getting getting you out there, especially when, like I said, it's you're working with a working uh, model. So you're not sure exactly 
what the product is, what the service is exactly. You're still trying to figure that out. And um, the pricing, all of those things, you're trying to figure that out. And sometimes we can be a little too hard, especially on black businesses, um, because black most black businesses rather don't have a blueprint. So most of us are first-generation mm-hmm. entrepreneurs trying to figure it out almost before we even start like making the money um so yeah i don't know where i was going with this but (laughs) (laughs) no no but yeah just being a first generation entrepreneur and not being sure of what it is that you're doing are you pricing right are you marketing the product right are you saying the right things does this work so that first just Mm. that first step is so daunting um so once Mm. you get through it things do get easier things get a lot easier it's very interesting that you say that like i think we we've we've gotten so used to hearing of of first-time graduates Mm. of first-generation graduates first-generation professionals but we don't actually think of first-generation entrepreneurs in the black community i've never I've, I'm, i won't lie i've never really thought of it, it actually it, yeah it is a thing because if, if you and it's yeah you know um say someone else who grew up their dad a ceo or not even a ceo someone whose dad had like a spaza mm. during weekend you're at the spaza you're learning to work with money you're learning about profits you're learning about all those things from a young age it's going to be a whole different thing when you start your own business as opposed to, you know, someone who's just, they've just never been, they're not familiar with that world at all. Yeah. Like my mom, like mm-hmm. my mom is a nurse. My dad is a teacher. I've never been exposed to entrepreneurship. World, but, and and yeah. we also take for granted that um, it's, it's not even a money slash resource thing because just cause you're a professional, just cause say you're a doctor, Working at a doesn't mean when you open your own uh, practice, you'll be able to manage it because it's not just about mm. the practice of practicing medicine. It's the accounting of handling the so that we get the medicine in time and the right quantities. And there's just a whole other thing. So just because you're from corporate, having yeah. worked in corporate for X amount of years doesn't mean when you now go out into the world you'll be able to run your own business because in corporate there's an entire Mm. marketing department that has millions of rents to support what you do there's an entire legal department there's an entire accounting department so there's so much help that um you take for granted that you know i've been doing this for so long now i can run my own business unfortunately Mm. yeah Sure. Okay. And what are some of the highlights of your journey? I mean, you need to celebrate the great things too. <laughs> um, so some of the highlights, um, the one thing that never gets old is bumping into meeting, you know, someone that says, you know, thank you for representing me. That just like is a feeling that just, it never gets old. You don't get used to it. It's just, it still like takes me by surprise and it's, it's just it's an incredible thing you know because when you when you start when you start out doing something it honestly is for quite selfish reasons I started the lazy because I had a love for cooking 
And I wanted to be able to express that love mm. every day. And little did I know that it would touch people the way that it has. Um, so that's one of the greatest highlights. Um, and then obviously the book and everything that the book has done, you know, um, the best-selling South African cookbook to date. Um, <laughs> mm. That's incredible. <laughs> like, do you get so I do, I do. <laughs> um, I outsold Jamie which is just incredible. Yeah. And then winning um, the Gourmand World Cookbook Award was one of the other highlights. Because yeah. um, what it is, is it's kind of like the Olympics of cookbooks. So just like being in China yes. and having that feeling wash up upon me that like I'm representing my country here was just, mm. oh, it was a feeling like no other. Like it was just a feeling like no other to think, you know, this is not just about me or, or not just for me or my friends mm -hmm. or my family, but this is for my country. That's, that was a feeling that was just incredible. It was incredible. Sure. I can imagine. And then, mm. um, so right now, actually, I am getting honored by the how train. It's just a pity that we're in quarantine. I don't actually know how many people are going to get to see it. <laughs> but they're running this campaign um, to celebrate South Africans they think, you know, should be celebrated. So they have like, they're having billboards um, and stuff in the stations around the wrapping a few buses. Yeah, oh, wow. so I haven't seen it myself yet, but yeah, that's oh my pretty gosh. exciting because <laughs> the the last time they did uh, the Soweto Gospel Choir and Dr. Esther Mashangu, so I'm excited that I'm the first South African chef that they're honoring this way. So oh. yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, we all need to get out. I don't even use the how-to, but I might just have to take a trip to Centurion or something. <laughs> Please take pictures for me. Take videos and pictures for me. Yeah. Yes. Oh, congratulations again. Um, what, what else are you... What else is in your um, plan? Top of my list is this. Cookbook number two? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Top of my list is... <laughs> you have ask, to ask. ask. Top of my list is definitely um, a cooking show. So bringing it all alive on TV is is top of my list. Um, I would like us. I would like to create something that I feel is a uniquely um, South African format. You know, I feel like with cooking shows, what we do is we take mm. an American or a UK show and we bring it here and we copy it exactly how it is so i would like to create something mm. that is of us of our people of our heritage of our culture um so that's first and then obviously i'm starting to you know think about what the next book is gonna look like yeah and then opening my own mm. studio because right now i do the oh, cooking wow. classes out of a studio that i rent out so top of my list is, is also that having my own studio that I own and therefore I'm able to do a lot more things, have a lot more control over what it is that happens in that studio. Mm. 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 Sure. Okay. Well, all the best. I, I definitely wish you all oh, nothing but you. the best on all of these thank endeavors. You so, wow. So. Uh, okay. So... I, I always ask all of my kids mm -hmm. this question, right? Um, the question comes from 
my favorite quote, mm-hmm. which is be who you needed when you were younger. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite quote. And that's what I tried to live by. So I asked all of my guests this question to say, if you could go back in time and speak to mm-hmm. younger Mokhaou, what would you say to her? Um, that it's going to be okay. Like, I'm just, I'm reflecting on moments where I was like, so scared, like stressing. It, it's, I would go back in time to tell her that it's going to be okay, but it requires for you to take that first step. Um, I, I, I think I'm also reflecting to a time when I wanted to leave corporate but I didn't immediately leave because I was mm. scared because what are people going to say? What? I would go back in time to tell her, it, but it requires for you to start to do it with the fear. The fear is never going to go away. Even now there are things that I'm still doing mm. that like scare me, but I'm, I'm doing it anyway. So yeah, the one thing I would tell her is do it with the fear because the fear is never going to go away. There will be mm-hmm. there'll be something mm-hmm. else that's bigger and scarier and it'll scare you because it's it's meant to be it's meant to scare you because it it's that big. But do it anyway. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. I that's the the one okay, thing I say. Then, you know then- because I'm thinking even now during this quarantine is when I'm finally learning how mm. to ride a bicycle. Imagine. Oh. I've had about <laughs> four bicycles in my lifetime, but each time I've been scared. And so my parents gave it away. And now here I am in my old age learning oh, how to ride wow. a bicycle. So I'm just telling myself, you know what? Everything is scary. And I've done scarier things. So now I'm finally going to do it. Yes. Mm, mm. I mean, if you should be an international <laughs> award winner, you can brave the bike. The kids in the <laughs> complex are laughing and they are dying. <laughs> and then um, just, just because, you know, you're in a career that is um, unconventional, mm-hmm. so to speak, what would you say to anyone who's looking to get into the culinary world? Um, I would say attitude is everything. Um, I'm reflecting as well um, on the time when I was in culinary school and then the time when I worked in an industry kitchen because I was obviously one of the oldest um, students in the room um, to mm. that you know attitude is everything I think I, I got so f- so much further because of attitude Attitude is everything. Everybody loves someone who is willing to learn, um, someone who's helpful, someone who's willing to go the extra mile. So attitude is NB, NB, NB. Um, and then what else? Don't don't be afraid to, to think outside of the box. I mean, what I'm doing, there are chefs that are more qualified than me that have been chefs younger than me, but they're yet to write books because they're scared. Mm-hmm. They are really scared and they think, no, I need more experience. I need more. So there's someone out there who's less qualified than you living the life that you want. But because you're scared, hey, they are living it. 
Um, mm. And then what else? Stay true to who you are. I think my style of cooking, even though I'm a classically trained chef, is very much home style. It's very much South African. It's very much around like some heritage and nostalgia and food that reminds you of your mom, your grandma, of home. Um, and I think that's where my success that's where I found my sex, my my success rather. Who's the core? That's where I found my success because being true to what I want, I knew that I did not have a love or a passion for fine dining. Um, I mm. knew that I I wanted something that is relatable, something that anyone who is not necessarily a chef but they have an interest in learning to cook can relate to. So I think definitely find your voice. Mm. Um, you don't have to be like cookie cutter like every other chef. Find your voice and be true to it. And people will respond to that. Authenticity is just everything. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, well, th- oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been so, you, you're so fun to talk <laughs> thank to, by you. the way. <laughs> Like I like I can't believe I was I was so scared to reach out to you, but like you said, you were with the fear today, anyway. So I'm so glad I, I had reached out to like yes. people. People you're scared to reach out to mm-hmm. today must be your day. You must reach out to them in this quarantine. Day, you must content <laughs> and content upon content because they're sitting at home. Okay, I'm that person that believes in signs and I see signs everywhere. So I believe that like yes. the universe is making everything quiet so that you can create all of this content. So everyone would usually mm. be, if this was a normal day, I wouldn't have been able to talk to you. I would have been shooting. I would have been, hey, I would have been That's, this, that, yeah. and the other. But now I have time. I'm just sitting at home. So this is the universe clearing everything mm. in your way. Create content. So please come to the party. <laughs> yes, I'm going to be content for the next like, three months during Do this it. time. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Thank you so much. You are such a pleasure to talk to. Uh, by the way, how can how can um, my listeners get in touch with you or keep up with you and buy your yes. book uh, online for now and later? So, um, you can please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Lazy Magoti and the Lazy Magoti on Facebook, and then the book is available at. Woolies, CNA, Bargain Books. I think all those stores have some sort of online place where you can get the book. So take a lot, Woolworths, um, CNA, Bargain Books, Loot, Yappy Chef. And yeah, let's get cooking. I think throughout this quarantined period, I'll be sharing more and more recipes, more and more content around food. So yeah, let's stay safe and sanitize. Yes. <laughs> And Sam's eyes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. As always, we love to engage with all of you. So feel free to pop us an email if you have any feedback or guest recommendations on info at shebrigade.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so don't forget to tag us on your posts at SheBrigade. See you next week.